What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Rope. And I'm Savannah. And Lilith is unfortunately still out today. She's still recovering from her medical issues, so we're wishing her well. Yes, we miss a buttercup still. Yes. So... This episode will be part two of the 37 truths about that we should have been told about men. We will link the first episode in this description so you can re-listen to that at your leisure. Um, But yeah, let's get right to it. Wildly popular episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I was not surprised by the popularity, but I was happy that it was popular because it just shows that we at FDS, we are seeking to challenge these harmful dominant narratives that women are being mass fed by the media and other men. Now, when we last left our heroes, we were on number 13. Yes. So this is what we call the sex stack we're about to enter into. So these are all myths. The sexy stack. Around sex. (laughs) Sex and men that we should have been told, you know, when we're growing up. And things we should be told at the moment. So number 13, a man does not have to love, like, or even care about you before he would be willing to sleep with you. Male sexual attention is abundant and low value. This is a very important lesson to learn very early on, because I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of equating sexual attention from men from having a lot of value, especially when you're young, because quite frankly, you don't have anything else. <laughs> you don't have anything else like monetarily or you've not necessarily like accomplished a lot in the world. Or you haven't really formulated your own sense of self, like so to speak. And so you're not really yet aware of your intrinsic value as a woman and as a person, especially women. We are taught that all our value lies in how men see us. If they see us as fuckable, if they see us as wife material, all that jazz. I just always think of like the very enclosed environments of high school and college is that it's easy to feel like that your entire value is your sexual value in those types of environments, right? And we just had that discussion with Jenna Matthews about the sexual currency of like sororities, right? Because it's really easy to fall into that trap because I feel like the entire environment encourages it. And so you don't really realize that it it means nothing until, well, I'll say for some women and some women have said like it doesn't occur to them like how low value it is and how it means nothing until like they realize they can't really turn it into anything tangible, right? So like you sleep with a bunch of guys, it wasn't really that, the sex wasn't really good and it didn't really help you reputationally most of the time. And he still treats you badly as well. He still treats you badly, yeah. And I think as well, I, I remember reading on the subreddit probably a few years ago now, but a user said that, you know how, I guess, you know, we have dedicated scrotes who listen to every podcast episode just to, I guess, not or up to and to critique us, which I respect <laughs> to be fair, at least they're listening. <laughs> Buy Athletic Greens. Use our promo code. <laughs> <laughs> no, some of them actually, they will openly say, I listen every week just to hear what they have to say. And I'm like, fair play. But, and so she was saying that sometimes it's actually good to be around low value men, obviously at a distance, but just to know how they think. And all the men I know who are promiscuous, who sleep around, the way they talk about the women they sleep with is absolutely disgusting. And it isn't even like it's just like, you know, it's absolutely dehumanizing. I remember one time I was speaking to a guy 
And he literally referred to women as the cunts I slept with 10 years ago. Like literally referred, honestly verbatim. That is how he referred to them. And at the time I was obviously coming into my own sexual self. I was like angling to see if I could have something with this guy. But that just gave me the ick. I was like, there's no respect there. Absolutely none. There's been a couple of awakenings in that regard for me as well about how poorly men talk about women they sleep with. It's the worst in college because there's a lot of sex and then there's no filter, right? I just remember like a couple of uh, guys mentioning girls and like talking about them like they were absolute dogs. And it was kind of ridiculous. Like, I mean, you discuss it with them, right? Because it's like, well, you slept with her too. And like, and half the time it would just be something that she was into that was a little bit like freakier than what they were into. And then I'm like, but you still had sex with her. And now you're turning around acting like she's the problem. Like, that's actually insane to me. But men literally don't see anything wrong with that. And it's just boggles my mind that you can think of somebody so badly and still sleep with them and still think that you look good. Like, it just boggles my mind. There was another guy as well. Again, I was like angling to have like a FWB or like venture into sex with him. And he literally, I shit you not, spent an hour meticulously rating all of his exes in terms of like their bedroom skills primarily. And I was like, I do not want that to be said about me. Yeah, exactly. And that's just a hallmark of low value male. Like they can't keep their fucking mouth shut. Because even if all of that happened, it's like, why are you being a, like chatty patty and gossiping Gabby? Chatty <laughs> patty. Babbling Brooke, yeah. Babbling Brooke, like, what's it to you, right? It's like, those are the type of men you want to run away from anyways, because you know the dick's probably going to be whack, but also, like, they're not discreet. Like, aren't you a hoe? Like, you don't know how to keep your mouth shut, you know? They're just, like, the type of guys who, they're clearly doing it for the ego stroke. You know what I mean? Like, if you had sex with somebody, you don't necessarily need to discuss it at all. Like, what was the point? It was just to create drama and denigrate that person. And so, like, I would much prefer to be with a guy who I know doesn't, like, go around... I guess trying to collect women like trophies so that he can like so he can inflate his frat bros ego. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like Rose said, I do think it's you know women and girls would be mindful to learn very early on that men will find most things you know sexually attractive. If you think about it, the average man doesn't see a naked woman like very often, especially not in the flesh anyway. Which is why you know so many men are porn sick. But we'll get on to that. But the average man doesn't see a naked woman very often. So I'm not in real life anyway. So, you know, when you see them, you know, salivating over a woman on like a Reddit subreddit, you just know that it isn't coming from a place of true admiration, true respect, true appreciation for her beauty. It's just coming from their coomerism. And it makes you see it differently as well. And this is also why, like, going back to the argument around lookism, this is also why I don't envy my sisters who are perhaps more conventionally attractive because even though they may get more attention it really doesn't translate into better quality attention at all you know these kuma men these men who don't respect women for sleeping with them even though they will sleep with them you know they're still going after these women and their looks aren't going to make these men treat them any better as well yeah that's a unfortunately hard lesson to learn. If you let men commodify you, they'll treat you like a commodity. And that's something to be used and like disposed in a lot of ways. So number 14, men will tell all sorts of lies to get a woman to have sex with them. Oh my God. All sorts of lies. I think for me, the biggest one is the, is the blue balls myth. I actually believe that was a thing when I was, when I was like 14 or 15. 
I'm very happy I had a health class that at least told us that that was not true at all and not to like <laughs> manipulate you into that bullshit. <laughs> I was never told that. I mean, luckily I didn't act on it, but I genuinely thought it was a thing. But then again, I was with a scrot at the time. I was dating a scrot at the time who was clearly using that to manipulate me into having sex with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it was always like a surprise at just how elaborate men's lies would be and just how malicious they would be sometimes to have sex with you. I think we have a trope in our culture where, you know, you've seen like romantic comedies where it's always like boy meets girl, boy gets girl, boy tries to get girl, boy loses girl, boy tries to get girl back. And basically like a lot of times have to go through a a series of mishaps where they tell a bunch of lies. And then we're all supposed to think it's really cute and funny when it all works out at the end and he gets the girl of his dreams to come back. The problem is like in reality, most of the time it's them hiding a depraved moral character (laughs) instead of like anything cute, like that's harmless, right? A lot of stuff that men will lie about is stuff that probably women wouldn't even occur to lie about. I mean, men will lie about having entire families, right? Like about not having an entire family. I mean, and this is true. This is like fairly common that like men would have entire families that are hiding, hiding whole children, hiding like wives, hiding stuff. And they're on the dating apps acting like they're single. And they have like entire obligations. So I think sometimes it's just like realizing like that men will lie about quite literally anything. Stuff you can think of and stuff you wouldn't think of just to have sex. And it's kind of mind blowing. (laughs) I mean, I don't put anything past men at this point, unfortunately. I think you just don't realize that that lying is part of the, it's like a power move, right? Like they're basically like shitty car salesmen trying to offload a terrible product. So if you think of it that way, that like basically a lot of them are lemons. So they have to slap a coat of paint on it and try to uh, get you to buy it before you realize all the problems with it. That's essentially why men try to front load with a bunch of bullshit and lies because they're trying to, I wouldn't even call it love bombing all the time because sometimes they're not even considered enough to try to like seriously woo you, but they'll just try to portray an image long enough for you to have sex with them. And then they can, you know, win that interaction so to speak that's what red pill is about that's what the game is about that's a pickup artistry is about it's just short-term sales it's short-term high pressure sales to get because once you have the sex with them then they've won quote unquote yeah i mean this particular truth i actually learned it in the church an active member of the church i remember a lady basically at sunday school as we called it then basically just you know came out with this And that's one of the lessons I've always carried with me is that when it comes to sex, I think even, I think it was Natalie Lou who said like a man will literally sell his own mother for the possibility of having sex. And so that leads really nicely into number 15, which says that male promiscuity is problematic and could be a sign that he has an unsavory character and a bad attitude towards women. So I think it was actually Lilith who made this really excellent point. Obviously, <laughs> as she always does, she was in a way that gets the the scrotes uh, backs up. But I absolutely think it's true. If a man has a high body count, he's likely at some point resorted to deception when it comes to getting women to sleep with him almost 100% of the time. Especially if we understand dating and, you know, sexual dynamics. If a man is average looking, right? He hasn't got a haram of women that he can easily convince to have casual sex with. It just doesn't really happen very often. Even celebrities, for example, if you look at their sexual history, they've also resorted to either deception or outright rape just to get women to sleep with them sometimes. 
So if it's your average Joe and he has a body count that's in the three digits, for me, that is a gigantic red flag. And I know that this is controversial in FDS spaces, but when I've been dating, that's the reason why I always ask about a man's sexual history. Because if his, I hate to say it, body count, but if the number of past sexual partners is too high, for me, that's not really something that I want to engage with because it's almost definitely accompanied by a really, really like bad attitude towards sex. And most importantly, a really shoddy attitude towards women. That's a double standard I have because I don't judge women in the same way because we're less likely to enjoy sex. There's more pressure around sex for women generally. But when it comes to men, that's a standard that I have. And this is where you really got to watch medium ugly men. (laughs) I don't know what this means, medium ugly. What does that mean? Oh my gosh, you missed the medium ugly drama Twitter wars. Medium ugly men are men who are not quite ugly, not quite attractive, right? Is that most men then? Is that your average man? Yeah. I mean, truthfully, because I feel like average is like nondescript in any type of way. Medium ugly to me is like a man who's just like slightly like, I can't completely describe it, but it's like a guy who's... Can you give me a celebrity example of somebody who would be medium ugly? Of like medium ugly. Um, I've seen Timothy... Chalamet? No, I wouldn't call him as like medium ugly. I wouldn't say he is. I don't think he fits that description. Can you think of like a celebrity who would fit that description? Like Donald Glover. (laughs) He's like medium ugly. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, got you. (laughs) Let me think of another medium ugly guy. Okay, I've got you. Okay, I've got you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to think another like like uh, what's his name from um, Harry Potter? Elijah Wood is like medium ugly, but not that guy. The other one from Harry Potter. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe is like medium ugly. Okay. Uh, Pete Davidson is medium ugly. I think Daniel Radcliffe is better looking than Pete Davidson, but that's just me personally. Yeah, Pete Davidson is medium ugly. So basically, yeah, they're guys that are like, they're not quite like attractive, but not quite ugly. Right. Okay. Got you. Okay. I've got the concept. So basically, a lot of these guys slang dick because of the fact <laughs> <laughs> they're out here slanging a lot of dick. And a lot of it is because like women assume that because they're not like the most attractive guys that they're safer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Make the mistake of... They make the mistake of thinking like, well, this isn't even close to the, like, the hottest guy I've ever had sex with. Like this guy can't possibly be... A scrote. A scrote, but that's not true. In addition to the fact that like guys in this range, a lot of times they're a little more practiced liars because they know that they have to work a little harder to build rapport with women so that they can have sex with women. And because like they're a little bit insecure about being ugly. So then like they really, really, really are trying to perfect their way of manipulating women into sex to feed their ego. It becomes like everything's like a desperation fuck because they kind of low-key know they're ugly and they want to prove to like the attractive, successful guys that they're like, they're the shit, right? It's an ego stroke thing for them. Like it's 100% like them trying to force their way up the male hierarchy through deceptive practices with sex. It's almost quite homoerotic in that regard. They're not doing it necessarily for themselves per se but because males generally prioritize or they regard sexual activity as one of their successes of being male I guess that they engage in that because again when I've spoken to promiscuous men and really delved into why they are promiscuous a lot of the times even they're not having a good time and it's like it doesn't make sense to me to literally be going out of your way to find women 
you don't really want to shag, but shagging them anyway. Yeah, it's an ego thing. Like I said, these guys who are promiscuous. So there's like, there's different tiers of men who are promiscuous. There's like the men who are, there's the 1%, right? The men who are literally the 1% of men, they are generally like professional athletes. So you're talking about physically the most attractive men possible, most physically fit. Like the LeBrons. Yeah, the LeBrons, the like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's, all those guys. Like just think of all the professional athletes. Why? Because they both have the genetics and the money, right? Like they are the top 1% of the sexual scale. So those guys get a lot of women because they're both rich and handsome and fit. But even Cristiano Ronaldo raped a woman as well. So there's that. What? Yeah. A woman accused him of rape several years ago and he admitted that she said no several times during the encounter. So he's a rapist. And actually he is also, I would call him medium ugly because (laughs) like when he first came out, you can see pictures of him. He was just not like, he was squarely, I wouldn't even say medium ugly. I'd just say ugly as well given his like what i know of him as well the fact he's a rapist i think he's ugly as well so yeah he raped a woman so i think with men like that though and i would say the same thing with like kobe bryant who also raped someone i don't know what the laws are so i'll say allegedly raped someone but guys like who are in the top one percent they get a lot of women who are trying to have consensual sex with them to the point where they get affluenza and they get really entitled so then those guys end up sleeping a lot of women because they are so entitled sexually so any woman they think they should have they feel like you must want me i'm such and such right i'm that kind of celebrity and some of them are also playing like catch up as well because i knew some semi pro basketball players in europe and like one of them admitted to me that he didn't get any attention until he was like 19 20 i guess he had like a, a mini glow up and it was almost like he was trying to play catch up for the years he'd been just completely ignored by women. And so some of them almost have that as well. Like they're trying to play catch up and trying to prove to themselves that, you know, yeah, I can get women because they were ugly when they were younger. Yeah. A lot of them are weird, like straight weirdos. And the only reason they get attention from women is because they're in the league. And that could be any league, honestly. There's like pretty much any male dominated profession has groupies for it. So, but just think of the fact that like there's certain men at that level who they're mostly promiscuous because they genuinely have a lot of access to women. And then some of them are also like just get really, really entitled and or they're low key incels who lucked up because they're really good at a sport. Um, And then you have guys who are nowhere near that. They're like, (laughs) they're like eh, medium ugly. So if the average person's 50%, they're just like 49, (laughs) you know, 48, 49. So like, or maybe they're ugly, but they have like a hot haircut. Like a haircut that a hot guy would have. Or like a nice smile. A nice smile and like their fit is really swaggy. So like they always like have the freshest gear on. So (laughs) yeah, so those guys, it's a whole different ballpark for them because like they still have to like convince women to have sex with them. And so a lot of it is through high pressure sales, deceptive practices. And they're more likely to want to triangulate because again, it's ego. So they want to do things to get you to be obsessed with them because then they could go look at all these girls that are crazy about me because they're dying from approval from the other guys as well. They're just black holes of needy validation from women. And so all of their sexual strategy is like deceptive practice. Or if it's like Pete Davidson where it's rumored he just has like a really big dong. Like Pete Davidson is a thing right now because he's become like the rebound boyfriend you go to to get attention. Because like now with the celebrity women, they know like, oh, if I date Pete Davidson, then I can get the paparazzi to come, et cetera. And then allegedly he has a big dong. So but he's also like uh, super unpredictable, a little bit mentally ill. Well, it well, is mentally ill. He's talked about it. I just wanted to point out that there's like different motivations. The red pill always talks about like, oh, the guys at the top of the food chain and that those guys are alphas, et cetera. The red pill basically 
teaches medium ugly men to be pussy scavengers and like used car salesmen. So like, I just want to talk about that because like a lot of women who encounter red pill, they're not counting red pill from like the really top tier attractive guys. They're counting it from all the medium ugly men. And like, that's why <laughs> it's because they're not attractive enough to just get women immediately interested in them off their the strength of their physical attractiveness or even their personality. It has to be like manipulative sales, manipulative tactics, triangulation, high pressure sales, etc. Or future faking. Future faking, shit like that. They have to do manipulative stuff. And that's quite a bit different than the men who are actually like physically attractive enough to consistently command female attention. Number 16, men are more likely to transmit an STI to a woman than the other way around. So this is often not spoken about. And this is partly why I feel like male promiscuity should be shouted about more often generally. But that's a different conversation. So I've actually got a fact sheet up, which we'll link in the show notes from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, titled 10 Ways STDs Impact uh, Women Differently from Men. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but they have quite a good infographic, a good about the ways in which STIs impact women differently. And this adds to the increased cost, so to speak, of women engaging in sexual activity with men, which is why we always say, you know, women should bear that in mind, refrain from casual sex and get commitment and all that jazz. Anyway, so one of the things that accounts for this difference is that a woman's anatomy can place her at a unique uh, risk for an STD infection compared to men. And that's all to do with the lining of the vagina being thinner and the vagina being a good environment for moist bacteria to grow, which is what STIs basically are. Another thing is the effects of HPV and it also being the main cause of cervical cancer in women. That HPV is uh, very common in men, but most of them do not develop any serious symptoms, whereas women can actually get cancer from it. Uh, Women who are pregnant can pass STDs to their babies. Women are more likely to confuse the symptoms of an STI or an STD with something else as well. So yeah, I would definitely recommend having a read of this graphic. It's really, really well written and laid out. But yeah, basically fucking ain't fair. So women act accordingly. And STIs is unfortunately an area in which we are more at risk than men. And the reason why it's important to know this is because women are often more likely to be infected with STDs, even though they have quite a few less partners than men are. And it's because men are more likely to be super spreaders, essentially. And because they don't have, they don't exhibit symptoms as well. And that men don't get fucking tested anywhere near enough as well. They just don't. It's actually really disgusting. They just don't get tested. Yeah. So like when you read a lot of STD statistics, they'll show that there's a slight female bias in like who has the STD, but like who's transmitting it is overwhelmingly men. Pretty much anybody who has sex with a penis puts themselves at risk. And then obviously men who have sex with men have astronomically much higher rates of everything as well. So just think of it like once you add dick to the equation, you are substantially increasing your risk of sexually transmitted infection. And not even just STIs and STDs, it's also UTIs as well. Like the number of women who, when they were in a relationship with their male partner, they were getting UTIs on the regular. When they split up, they miraculously stopped because their partner wasn't clean as well. That can also be something to consider as well is just general I guess like genital hygiene, like if a woman is getting recurring UTIs, it's sometimes it's not because of anything she's doing. It's actually because of her male partner. Yeah. I think it's important to know that because like 
there's a lot of like, once again, MRA propaganda that it's like, oh, women are promiscuous and like, oh, these women out here have herpes, et cetera. And a lot of it is because it only takes one man working his way through a population to completely devastate the populations, uh, devastate like at the health of a population. So I feel like that's important to know because your risk is always higher. Men have more partners on average than women and men are more likely to spread it. So just remember that once again, when you're dealing with men, and they're less likely to get tested as well. Less likely to get tested, right? So when you're dealing with a man, your risk is higher, his risk is lower, and act accordingly. What's up, queens? This episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Athletic Greens. AG1 by Athletic Greens is a nutritional drink that you can drink every day for optimal health. I've been taking AG1 every morning after the gym mixed into a green smoothie. I like to mix it with some pineapple juice, a couple of ginger cubes, and a handful of spinach and some kale. One scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. AG1 is my daily microhabit that makes it easy to absorb key nutrients, lead a healthy lifestyle, and feel my best. And to make it easier for you to obtain better health, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash FDS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash FDS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. One scoop, one minute, once a day, every day. AG1 by Athletic Greens. Now back to the show. Okay, number 17, men do not have to watch porn or ogle other women. Yeah, what the hell was that? Like, who the hell was trying to normalize this? Obsessive Coom OCD, obsessive Coomer disorder. <laughs> yeah, there is like a really big push. And once again, I'm a millennial. There was a really big push in media at one point that like, oh, porn is completely normal and healthy part of your relationship. And I guess it's still actually still going on. And I think there's just been more of a generational fight back because like, once again, we're all watching porn. We're like, how is this helping me and my sexual experience at all? Like no one ever like actually draws the line for me anywhere. Because so much of it's like abusive, degrading, unrealistic, completely like sexually exploitative, et cetera. So the narrative that like, first of all, that men like have to watch porn and that you like have to have porn in a relationship to, and that's going to somehow enhance it. I don't know where that came from. There's not to me like a whole lot of evidence that that's actually true other than what's being put out by Pornhub itself, trying to convince people that their product isn't shit. But and also that like finding other women attractive is a completely different thing than like having the idea that men like have to look at and ogle other women all the time because like they really don't. Yeah. And, you know, especially with the ogling other women part, you know that like most men, if you were openly ogling other men, complimenting their muscles, complimenting their bum, most men would not be here for that. Guarantee it. Yeah. No, I mean, I can't tell you how um, quickly the tables turn when you do that to men. That's why I think they're full of shit. I'm all for getting revenge that way as well. Like if a guy tries to be like, if he's ogling a woman, I'll be like, that's nice. A couple of days later, just salivate over a really, I'll just salivate over Michele Moronet and see how he likes it. Oh, all day. I mean, like I said, I used to just do that. Like it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting how quickly men's ego is shattered by you finding other men attractive. Like, and you would think for someone who's that insecure and which most of them are that they would be equally as respectful and sometimes <laughs> you just got to learn them a little bit about like the pecking order in the relationship because like, <laughs> bring them down bring them down a couple pegs easily done 
I said this in another podcast, but like I didn't, maybe it was in the discord when I was younger, like I straight up didn't know I was supposed to like not tell my guys I was dating. I found other men attractive. I thought it was just like, because I did think it was normal because they would say like, oh, it's normal to talk about like uh, other people you find attractive. So like, I mean, I would talk about NBA players I thought was hot, I thought were hot, et cetera. And like, it was funny how um sometimes like men would be totally comfortable objectifying women and talking to me about it honestly. And like in return, I would just talk about men I found attractive. And it's like, they weren't expecting it. It was weird. It's because men genuinely don't believe that women are visual. And I've had to correct several of my male friends. And it's like, that is not true. The reason why you don't hear women harping on about our physical preferences, which we do all have, is because women are punished more for speaking out about it. But now I'm glad that's changing. You know, women are, you know, saying it with their chest. I remember when that there was a 22 year old on Twitter who basically said any guy who's over 25 is basically a grandfather. And I've no interest in him. And all the guys were like dog fighting, like dog fighting her. They were curled up in the fetal position. And then when they got up, they wanted to like completely deplatform her. They doxed her, dry heaving at night in the dark. <laughs> literally crying. And she literally said, I don't date guys. Over the-. And she was 22, which is fair enough. Like, But these guys, they took it literally to the depths of their being and just attacked this poor woman. And so that's what it is. But men genuinely believe that this whole thing that men are more visual, women aren't as visual, and it's not true. Like, that men, if you're listening, it is not true that we don't care what you look like. It's just not true. Yeah, I find it interesting that it's still shocking to men right now because, like, if you just see Twitter or TikTok, you can see, like, (laughs) women are thirsting over attractive men all of the time. And I that's a marked difference than, like, I think the pre-internet age. Even, like, I mean, I'm a bit of a Hollywood history, but even way back in the 1950s, you still had actors, um, people like, you know, Richard Burton, you, you know, Burt Lancaster, like, you know, Jackie Kennedy famously said after she slept with JFK for the first time that he's no Burt Lancaster, basically saying he's medium ugly. Like, <laughs> Yeah, JFK is medium ugly. Perfect example. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, fair. But yeah, but even back then, there was a concept that these men are more attractive than these men, you know? Yeah, I think they just, for whatever reason, when you say it to them, it's like a shot to the heart. I guess because men are not used to being bombarded all of the time with male objectification the way women are more normalized to hear it. So like when you hear it, it's not as much of a phase. Some women who um, are a little bit more influenced by when men say stuff like that, they it makes them feel a little bit more insecure, especially if like they grew up in the type of culture where like women are constantly, well, I guess most cultures are constantly being objectified. And so they'll listen to that and then feel that that's a standard I have to live up to, et cetera. And so I feel like increasingly, increasingly women are just like coming back with their own standards, which I think is the right way to go. Like you just basically got to be like, okay, I mean, you're no Giannis Attentacumpo, but you just basically go back with them with whoever you find attractive. Like, I mean, I started, I started told my exes about men I thought were more attractive. (laughs) You ain't no LeBron. (laughs) Yeah. LeBron is medium ugly to me. I find, I personally find LeBron really attractive, but it isn't so much his face, but it's more just his build, like the whole image that I like. He's very tall, very muscular. He's almost reminds me almost like Anthony Joshua. I'm not sure if you've heard from the British boxer. Like they have a similar build. That's what I really like about LeBron. His face is a bit, but it's just the whole picture for me. Yeah, medium ugly. (laughs) It's great. His body's like, he's kind of a butterface. I don't know what the male equivalent of a butterface is. I feel like this whole episode we should just call like medium ugly. <laughs> like, 
exploring. We'll do we'll do another episode like just on medium ugly men. Yeah, it might be a bonus where we just rank celebrities at medium ugly, just sort them into piles. Yeah. But anyways, the point was like that, like they don't have to watch porn or ogle women and it's perfectly fine for you to also have physical sexual preferences. Yeah. It's partly not their fault, but it is, I'm still going to assign like 90% of the blame to men as a class because they just haven't challenged the dominant narratives around porn to the point where, you know, men now complain that they don't have a healthy outlet to express their sexuality. And it's like, that's mostly your fault. (laughs) Yeah. So if they know porn stars on a first name basis and all this kind of things. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 He's lost in the sauce. Pass. (laughs) Yeah, obsessive kuma disorder, porn sick, probably limp dick. So number 18, men do not respect women who engage in casual sex. This sort of links back to what we said in number 13, in that I genuinely believe, you know, if uh, women who think that casual sex is empowering, you know, girl bossing, I'm owning my sexuality, if they heard the way these men speak about them, behind their back they would be disgusted because there's just no respect there yeah a lot of them don't respect the women they're currently having sex with much less like other women they see having sex and like i don't think you should necessarily live your life according to respectability politics that men set out quite frankly it's just basically being aware of that that like in some respects they will use that as an opportunity to disrespect you so if you're going to go that route like you need to have some kind of other uh, something else that's going to mitigate what's going to become like a social problem for you, right? And some women do it like, I think class privilege really does a lot here. So there's guys that look at the Kardashians and look at them and think they're, because they have casual sex and like they are often having sex with, you know, they'll go from one boyfriend to another or whatever. And they'll look at them and be like, oh, these girls are com- promiscuous and they're such bad examples of what women are and like call them a sort of names. But at the same time, it's like they're rich. So fuck what y'all are saying. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> So it's kind of like, I feel like class privilege really helps women here who are promiscuous, like they can make it basically seem a lot more liberated. If you don't have their class privilege, like it can actually work against you. And they've done studies about this with with like female dynamics within sororities as well, where a lot of times the girls that don't come from as much money are slut shamed a lot more than the richer girls, even though they might have the same amount of sexual partners. And so I want people to be aware of that, like some of the slut shaming that comes from women as well as men has to do with class privilege. And so if you're having a lot of casual sex, remember, like, if you're working class, like, you're a hoe. If you're rich, then you're a liberated woman in a lot of ways. And, like, that's just the way that society perceives it, fairly or unfairly. In fact, I mean, obviously, it's clearly unfair. It's true. Because even if you go historically, like, women who slept around and were working class were prostitutes. The women who were well off, they were mistresses or courtesans. Like, it just wasn't framed in the same way, even though they were often doing exactly the same thing. Right. The reason for that is because of, like, people with class trying to protect their class privilege. And then also male sexual strategy where you always want to have like some women who are like good time girls, like the Madonna whore complex, and then like the respectable women that can bear your progeny, etc. So a lot of the like disrespect that comes from women who engage in casual sex is because it bent like it's not just like arbitrary female hatred. I mean, some of it is that but it's also because like having a group of women you can dehumanize and like sexually exploit, and then not have to like care about your progeny or anything that might happen to it. 
and then having another group of women who are respectable enough to carry your like your family name and your genes or whatever else and is a male sexual strategy that's been a thing since as long as we've had patriarchy so like you know i mean you've seen this with like game of thrones like king robert baratheon had like bastard children he didn't claim and then he had like his formal queen his wife and then like those children that he claimed etc just understand that that like the disrespect of casual sex the disrespect that comes with that is because it benefits them to do so in many, many, many ways. In some ways, I feel like it's a bit difficult to like deprogram that from society in the way that I think a lot of feminists hope that, like, oh, a woman should be able to sleep around and not be judged for it. And like, they're not going to judge you publicly anymore. Like, I don't think there's as much like slut shaming as there used to, like, at least from what I can see, not nearly as much as there used to be as far as like public perception about women who just engage in sex. At the same time, there is still like that deep born prejudice because of the fact that, again, male sexual strategy benefits from that. So they're always like intuitively aware, to intuitively aware of that to the point where like they will always like in some way try to disrespect women who have casual sex, even if they don't say it out loud because it's not socially acceptable anymore. Yeah. And I feel like women are slowly waking up to it as well. Like you see some, for example, sex workers, even though it's slightly different, but essentially what they're doing is casual sex and being paid for it right what they will say is when they're sick of seeing the 10th john in the row who basically leaves you know (laughs) shit marks all over their sheets or is not clean they'll literally lament and say you know why can't they just be clean for us and again it goes back to that lack of respect generally towards these women it's completely unwarranted on behalf of the John because, you know, wipe your fucking ass, be clean. But it's just the idea that there is in a man's mind, and I think they compartmentalize this quite quickly. There's the woman that they respect or make an effort for and the ones that are not worth the effort in their minds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're paying for sex, they're paying for the disrespect. They're paying for the commodity. They're paying to not have to give a shit because a woman who they're not paying would force them to actually be attractive to her, like in theory, right? So I think just be aware of that. Like you don't want to end up being like a free prostitute, like we said, or giving guys a lot of free pussy subscriptions if you're not getting a lot out of it. And from our experience and from most of the women who have talked about, it's like if you're sleeping around a lot of men, chances are most of those experiences are disappointing. Like you're probably better off really narrowing down the amount of men you sleep with to like the good partners, even if you're going to have multiple partners, etc. And that takes some time. But like, truthfully, a lot of casual sex sometimes also means like your standards are probably low, like way too low for the men that you sleep with. Because just thinking of like the odds that you're having consistently good sex, and even the women who talk about, like even the women who brag about being super sexually liberated, we see this over and over again, like a lot of the sex therapists, et cetera, will talk about having had a ton of bad sex. So it's almost like you have to start vetting men and for both their level of respect for you as well as their sexual performance. And that's probably going to cut down on the amount of sexual partners you'll have naturally just to please yourself. You know, cutting like what men even feel about the equation because like honestly, fuck their opinion. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't care that they don't respect women. It's just more like you should only care insofar as it becomes a problem for you and insofar as it thwarts your ability to live your own life and have your own pleasure. Unfortunately, some girls who get the casual sex rep or like to get the quote unquote rep, it becomes almost like a self fulfilling thing where men hear like this girl sleeps around and then they all think like, oh, we can disrespect her or do whatever. Right. It's not fair. But that's like, that's sometimes what happens. So because once again, 
sexual strategy. They want to be able to use women as disposable. So it's just like if you are a casual sex person, you know, and I don't think most women are like extremely promiscuous, even who do have casual sex. That's mostly like they just meet a guy, they like him, they want to have sex, etc. You just have to be careful that like you're picking your partners wisely, even within that. And making sure they're fucking discreet, number one. So you don't even have this problem. <laughs> it like... There are real ones that I'll be friends and like neither, none of them would know you had sex with them. Like you should have, <laughs> in a perfect world, you could have sex with a whole group of guys, a whole group of friends, and like none of them would know about each other. Oh my God. Yeah, not going to happen ever. So number 19, men tend to always view their female friends as a potential sexual opportunity. I think this isn't a reason to not be friends with men. I just think it's something that women have to be aware of because too many men don't understand and a lot of men have actually said this themselves and I think that women would be wise to listen in that they see nothing wrong with if their female friend was like let's go to the Marriott and you know let's fuck I would bet a hundred dollars that your male friend they would probably be there in a flash to have sex with you yeah they wouldn't turn it down (laughs) they wouldn't turn it down me personally if somebody is a friend there's no sexual attraction, like nothing sexual will ever happen because I see them as a friend. And to me, that's what the meaning of a platonic relationship is, where there is no underlying sexual tension or attraction or whatever. Men don't see it this way. They see nothing wrong with secretly wanting to bang your female friends. And this is why I feel like many women get blindsided when it turns out that their male best friend of 10 years has actually always been in love with them and wants to have sex with them. Yeah, I mean, because it costs men nothing, right? Once again, the risks aren't the same. So, of course, they'll have sex with you because it doesn't cost them reputationally. It does nothing to them to have sex with you. It costs them nothing, you know, and it benefits them greatly. And they see it was another sexual opportunity, which, as we know, men aren't exactly dripping with, especially if they're medium ugly. And so if there is a woman who is in close proximity to them, they just see her as a potential opportunity one day. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll act on it explicitly, but I think it's always in the back of the minds of a lot of men that if she was up for it, I'd say yes. Yeah, because it's like, it's nothing to them, right? So even if they weren't attracted to you, quite frankly, they'll still have sex with you. So even if they're a male friend and and they've never made an interest in dating you because they feel like you're not attractive, they'll still fuck you, right? So they'll see any type of women as a sexual opportunity because once again costs them nothing and if you like allow it in any way shape or form they'll do it just to do it number 20 the idea that all attractive men are bad people chads womanizers is a cope that is propagated by unattractive men preach on this one the medium ugly men have sent out too much propaganda (laughs) propaganda tired of this ugly propaganda (laughs) and again as i've always said in my experience the better look the guys who are more deemed all the guys who are deemed to be more conventionally attractive they always treated me better than the ones who were medium ugly yeah because medium ugly guys have something to prove right (laughs) so it's all (laughs) yeah and because they don't have experience with women as well because they're medium ugly they often don't know how to relate to women they can be quite emotionally stunted as a result and obviously i'm speaking you know generally i'm not saying conventionally attractive guys you know can't be like dickheads or whatever but just generally speaking I do think that medium ugly men have a sort of chip on their shoulder. Hence why the whole Chad is a thing. You know, Chad being synonymous with attractive man, basically, or conventionally attractive man. I just want people to know it's such a crapshoot between a man's personality and how he looks. It does not matter nearly as much as 
I think the red pill and all these incel groups like to believe. They like to believe that every guy who's attractive is a womanizer because that's what they would be doing if they had that opportunity. That's really what it comes down to is their personal values. But there's also plenty of men who are definitely relationship guys or wife guys who are very, very attractive. And then you have like bridge trolls, right? Like who are, who like their entire fantasy is about being attractive enough to live what they imagine the attractive men are doing, but aren't, right? So a lot of whom are not. So interestingly enough, a, quite a few men that you would think would be constantly promiscuous because they're attractive guys are not that way. Like they generally prefer relationships. Some men don't like being objectified, believe it or not. Like they get, that gets old for some of them too, even if they do get a lot of women throwing themselves at them. So you notice like even Justin Bieber settled down and like seems to be completely faithful to his wife. So, and Justin Bieber, I mean, I don't think he has any shortage of women who have been interested in him over the years, but like, I think he just got, it probably just gets old of like women, even at his level, like throwing themselves at him and he just wants to be in a relationship, right? With someone who genuinely loves him. Yeah. Someone who genuinely likes him. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think he went through a phase like when he was a bit younger, but some guys grow out of it. Some guys never have something like that. And who has it and who doesn't or who wants it and who doesn't almost has nothing to do with like how attractive they are and has everything to do with their personal character. Yeah, exactly. That's why a lot of times when you give an ugly man a chance, all of their uh, fuckboy ways come out. It never works out. Yeah, because they're just like fuckboys without opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) You gave them the opportunity to act on their fuckboy fantasies that they never had before. And to inflate their ego as well. I told you about a guy who like had, I worked with once who had the biggest trouble getting a girlfriend. Then as soon as he got a girlfriend, he wanted to cheat on her because he thought it would be his only opportunity to cheat on a girl. Like he literally wanted to cheat on her. What? Male logic, by the way. He wanted to cheat on her because he wanted to experience cheating on a girl. But like, I'm like, can you just like focus on the fact that you just got a girl who was interested in you? And once again, I'm not even completely sure that girl was real. It was actually real. (laughs) To be honest, to this day. I mean, well, I think she was real. I don't think she was actually like going to meet him because she didn't live in the same country. So I was like, yeah, okay. So I think she was scamming him. This is like the early days of internet scams. Scamming queen. But yeah, so there's a lot of like extremely like high value men who are kind and all those and gracious and the respect women, et cetera, who are very handsome, who would be someone that people would consider shads. And then on the other hand, there's other men who are basically gargoyles inside and out. And if you give them a little bit of an opportunity, they're just going to show you how much of a monster that they are. There's no correlation behind how a man looks and how he acts. Like you have to just like, you have to try to filter by how a man acts and then find the bunch that you find attractive in there. <laughs> you find sexually attractive enough to want to fuck consistently. So this is the next eight in the series, The 37 Truths You Should Have Been Taught About Men. Check out the discussion on the website on thefemaledatingstrategy.com port slash forum. And find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy for a further discussion. You can discuss it with us on the Discord and we'll also most likely post another part of this on the Patreon. So check that out, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Follow us on Twitter at femdatstrat and on our Instagram at underscore the female dating strategy. Thanks for listening, queens. And for all you medium ugly men out there, die mad. See y'all next week.